0: Thank you, Barry, for that, and, and thank you all for being here this morning. I love that song. Um, the song comes from Revelation chapter 4 and 5, when the saints around the throne discover that there is hope, that a lion who looks like a slain lamb can open the scroll. He's worthy, and they cry out and say, be to our God forever and ever, and love joining in that song. But We're glad you're here this morning. I want to ask you to Follow along today, uh, either in the bulletin or on our app. Got some great stuff for you today. I'm super excited about uh, this final week that we've kind of turned into a tiny little series called Being Different. Talked about a God who's different, a God who's holy, a God who's not holy because he's apart from us, but he's set apart in the way that he loves us. He's set apart in the way that he interacts and he saves the world. He does things different. And then we've talked about how we as a people respond to that. Today we're going to talk about being different people. It's going to be a great morning, and I hope you're blessed by this message today as we lead into our communion this morning. So not too long ago, a guy in Colorado who's a scientist, his name's Sterling Backus, he and his 11-year-old preteen son were uh, doing what fathers and sons sometimes do, they were playing Xbox together. And they were playing Forza, this racing game that's exclusive to Xbox. And it's a really cool game. My dad, who's 70, has this game. Uh, He's a gamer. And I've played it with him before and my kids. Well, on the game, on this day, Sterling and his son Xander unlocked the package of supercars. And Xander, on the game, got to drive for the first time, simulated, of course, a Lamborghini Aventador. And after getting to drive this Lamborghini Aventador, I think I'm saying that right, he was so fired up, he turned to his father and he said, can we get one? (laughs) Well, the starting price of a Lamborghini Aventador is $400,000. And then it goes up from there. And of course, there's import costs. His father turned to him and he said, well, they're a little pricey, son. But his son knew not to be deterred by such a flimsy excuse. He said, well, you're a scientist, and you have a 3D printer. Can we build one? To which his dad said, are you willing to put in a lot of hours? Are you willing to get after it? Twist my arm a little bit, and we will. So this Bacchus family, Sterling and his son Xander, set out for the next weeks and months spending evenings and weekends just getting after it, spending money 3D printing a replica of a Lamborghini Aventador. This is what they made. It is a fully drivable replica of a Lamborghini Aventador, and it cost them $20,000. Unbelievable. It's incredible what we can do when we put our hearts and our minds in partnership with somebody else, right? Right? It's incredible what we can accomplish when we come together in partnership. If a father and son can build a supercar, or at least a replica supercar, which by the way, Lamborghini got a hold of it, and they gave them an Aventador for free, so now they have two, I guess, (laughs) so pretty cool deal. But imagine if this is what somebody can accomplish, just a father, son in their garage. Imagine what we can do as a church when we say, let's put our hands and let's put our feet. and Let's put our hands and let's put our hearts together. And then imagine when we say, let's put that in the hands of God and partner with him. Did you know God loves a great team up? He loves Partnership. In fact, he's always sought partnerships, and this is what we're going to get into today. This idea of God wanting to team up—God, in the scriptures, over and over, has never sought part-timers. He's never sought those that were the most talented. He's never even sought those that were the most popular or even the most uh, gifted. What he has sought is not part-timers. He has always sought and looked for part. In Genesis 1, we find out that's what his intent was with Adam and Eve. Verses uh, 27 and 28, as he says to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, meaning go out and bless this world. And then he says, in the English it says, subdue the earth, which we sometimes think of, of almost a negative word. What it means is partner and make creation even better. Partner with me. Paul picks up on this theme in Galatians, or in Colossians chapter 3, 24, in a passage most of us know, where he says, whatever you do, do it for the Lord. And the heart of Paul there is going, what you do, imagine God is with you. You're doing it with him and for him. And then my favorite passage on the screen about our partnership, about how God is not looking for part-timers, but he's looking for partners, is 1 Peter 2. 9 and 10, where he says you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Paul calls that a new humanity in Ephesians. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Peter says, you're a people, you're a possession, you're a priesthood. All words of partnership. What's a priest? What is a priest's job? He doesn't say some of you are priests. This is something that we believe in, the priesthood of all what? All believers. He says all of you are priesthood. And what's a priest's job? A priest's job, when you boil it all down, is simply to declare and display who God is. And He says, All of you are this. It is a full time partnership. So, church family, today, here's where we're going to lean into. May we today learn that it's not some of us called by God to display His goodness, it's that we, as different people, are all called to display the glory and goodness of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We are on that path to display his beauty, his love, his goodness, and his gospel to a dry and weary world that needs it because this dry and weary world really needs it. Amen, church? Amen. David's not here today. Somebody step into the role of David Calabresi and amen today. So we're going to go on a journey. I want to pray over this we're going to go on a journey today. We're going to have some interaction. We're going to get to see an amazing connection in Scripture about what Jesus has called us to do to be different. If you would, grab a hand of somebody next to you, and let's just go to the Lord. I want to ask for him to be made good in our eyes today for us to be reminded of his greatness. Let's pray. Our Father and Lord, may you be exalted in this place today. Above every name, above all things, above all our ideas, above all our traditions, above the things that we want to be about, God, may you take the highest place, and may, may we make much of you and your son Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and may you come into us today and show us how to be different people. God, may we get out of your way. May I get out of your way. This isn't about Jake doing a message, this is about you giving us your message. And God, may we be a church that is partnered with you, not sometimes, not part-time, but all the time, so this community and this surrounding area can know you and come to be your special possession as well. In the name of Jesus, we all pray, amen. So I want you to remember a time with me. Can you remember, maybe as a kid or maybe a time you forgot to bring water with you, can you just recall in your mind a time when you were thirsty? Like really, really thirsty. Maybe it was after an athletic event or maybe it was that you were out working in the field and you ran out of water. Maybe it was like me, I was in Mexico and we were running out of water on our work site and we were miles from clean, drinkable water. And maybe if you can't think of that, all of us, like panhandle people, good panhandle people can, we know what it feels like to thirst and long for what? Rain, right? We know what it's like to live in a dry and weary land. It wasn't too long ago that we, in the panhandle, broke the record for consecutive days without rain. I can't remember how long that was. Kenneth Thrasher was so helpful to me. I would be going, man, I don't know if it's ever going to rain again. He'd go, well, we're one day closer, (laughs) To the next rain. So positive. But we know as Panhandle people what it feels like to go without rain. We know the hopeful prayers. And I think in those ways, if we can imagine when we're thirsty and if we can maybe even put our minds in the place of what it was like to go through drought and what it will be like the next time we go through drought because it will come again, we can relate to Israel. We can relate to the people that Jesus lived and grew up with. We can relate to the stories of being in the desert in the exodus. We can relate to those people as they and us know about hopeful prayers and then the rejoicing of when rain comes. If you've never, guys, if it's been not raining, you need to be around Barry Hobson when it rains after it hasn't rained in a long time. Because the guy gets fired up. Barry gets fired up about a lot, but I love when it rains because Barry's just like, he's out in the foyer going, come on, you know, he's just fired up, and I love that. So today we want to have that in mind because the Bible is full of this theme of water. All through Scripture, from the prophets to the book of Exodus to the Psalms to Jesus, Scripture speaks about water bringing life, but it also speaks about how water Is what wells up inside of the people of God and brings quenching water to others. There's this great theme of God being a wellspring of life and then us being that wellspring as well. Listen to this passage out of Isaiah 35. I'm going to read a big chunk of scripture. It's Isaiah 35. It's the whole chapter, 1 through 10. It's on page 490 if you've got one of our Bibles that are back there in the the, uh, bookshelf. But I want you to see this passage. This is a hopeful passage. Is about what will happen to those who are redeemed when the Messiah comes. We know that as Jesus, right? Listen to the water theme that comes up in these 10 verses. I love this. Here's what Isaiah imagines and what he anticipates. What will happen to desert and dry places, parched land. He says, the desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. I love that. The land is shouting for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be in it, will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon, these are mountains that had snow on it. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands. Steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. The mute tongue will shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams will come in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirsty ground bubbling springs, In the haunts where jackals once lay, that's a dry, that's a, that's a place where you don't go. What does he say? Grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. In other words, there'll be lakes and marshes. And a highway will be there. And it will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those who the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. May it be so. That is the word of the Lord. Isaiah imagining a day and a time when dry and parched lands turn into marshes and lakes and rivers and springs. Why? Because the kingdom of God has come. We, church, are living in that time. We are post in the, and we are in the fulfilled. This is the time that that is supposed to be taking place because the Messiah has come. And we are the ones who are to partner with Jesus. Not part-time, but partners with Jesus and with God to make the dry and weary world a place where springs come up in the desert. Now hang in there with me because we're going to come full circle back to this here in a little bit. But we're going to do this by taking a little journey together. And the journey together we're going to take is going to take us to the Feast of Tabernacles. One of Israel's seven great feasts. Called the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booth, or in Hebrew Sukkot, or Sukkot. And the Feast of Tabernacles was one of the times of year that God built into the calendar. He does this in Leviticus. He builds in feast times, celebration. God is a God who likes to party, and we—I know that that term means horrible things in our world, but God loves festivals. He loved to give rest. He loved to give time for His people together and say, "Let's give." praise to God. And the Feast of Tabernacles was one of those. Tabernacle means tent. So at the Feast of Tabernacles, the people would gather for seven plus one day. And they would gather outside Jerusalem, and they would live in tents. I was going to get a tent up here. I couldn't find a good one that would make it work. But they, were, they would gather in these tents to remember their time in the desert. And they would go into the temple, and they'd go back out at night, and they'd stay in these tents. Or these booths, and they would even sleep with the animals to remind themselves of how hard it was in the desert, how hard it was wandering through the desert, how different it was to leave Egypt and have to be rescued by God and be provided for. And so, for seven days, they would gather around and they would celebrate two things they would celebrate food and shelter. But then there was another day. On the final eighth day, the Feast of Tabernacles became what became known as the eighth day or the water ceremony. The ceremony is talked about very, very briefly in Scripture. It shows up in Leviticus 23, 36. God says this, for seven days present food offerings to the Lord, and on the eighth day hold a sacred assembly and present a food offering to the Lord. It is a closing special assembly and do no regular work. More detail about this day is connected to, scholars believe, in Psalm 118, verse 26 and 27, where the psalmist says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God. He has made his light shine on us with bows in hand, join the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. Now there's not much detail about what to do on this eighth day. Just hold a solemn assembly. Hold a big day. Give a few sacrifices. But here's what happened over time. According to tradition, because there's no reason really given, it just says with bows in hand, and it was actually a little different than this. It was a palm frond attached to three other things, but we didn't have time to order all that, so we got you guys palm fronds today. But with palm fronds in hand, the people would go up to the temple on this eighth day. And according to Jewish tradition, and you can read this on sites like AlephBeta.com or Kabad.com or uh, JewishRitual.org, there's all kinds of places you can read all the, about this. Well, they would go up into the temple, and one day a rabbi saw a little boy. And they just spent seven days praying thanks and giving thanks for food and shelter. But Feast of Tabernacles happened right before the rainy season. It's always in late September, mid to late September. And he heard one day a little boy walking by him, shaking the palm frond. And the rabbi goes, you know what, that sounds a lot like rain. And over time, the eighth day became this day for water. They've already prayed for shelter and gave thanks for food, so this eighth day became a day of praying to God for water. And so here's what would happen. They turned to this festival near the rainy season. And here's what the actual festival would look like. I want to walk you guys through this. So the people would gather, and there'd be about a million people in Jerusalem during this time. So you got to imagine a large crowd. And they've all got your palm fronds. You guys can pick up your palm fronds. You're going to use them here in a minute. All right? And they would gather in the temple. And according to the tradition and the things that I was able to read and find on this, according to rabbinic tradition, on this eighth day, they would gather in the temple and they would all start to shake their palm fronds, which sounds weird, but they would shake their palm frond. And then they would start to pray this prayer from Psalm 118, which we know from Jesus coming into the temple. It was a prayer that was common during the festival times. They would say, Hosanna or Hosanna to us. Hosanna, Hosanna, great is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and it would get louder and louder, and they would repeat it as they shook their palm fronds, and the palm fronds sounded like rain. You hear it? Kind of sounds like rain, doesn't it? And then the priest would gather behind the altar, and people would be shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna! And then he'd raise a pitcher up, and everybody would get silent. And they had been praying for rain. This prayer was all about, give us rain. Great is he. It's great when God gives us rain. And he would hold this pitcher up, and he would take it and pour it out. And it would be empty, signifying that we don't get rain on our own. We don't get water on our own. It's empty without God's help, without God's provision, Right? And so after everybody was silent and he poured it out, then they would start shaking it again and they would start saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, great is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then he would walk down the altar stairs and he would walk about a half mile out of the temple to the pool of Siloam. I'm going to do the pool of our baptistry. And he would walk and he would go to this pool of Siloam. Siloam had living water, meaning rushing water. It was fed by a spring outside of Jerusalem in the mountains. And he would go to that pool. And he would fill the pitcher with a little bit of water. And you can imagine the crowd would just get louder and louder. Louder and louder. And they're shaking and saying, Hosanna. And you guys are going to do it here in a minute. And then he would come again and he would hold up the pitcher and everybody would go silent. And then he would pour out the water. Onto the altar. And people would watch. As he poured out the water. And smoke would come up signifying the presence of God. And the goodness of God. And steam would come up. And everybody would say the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. And they would know that once again. Water was going to be provided for them through the winter. That was the water ceremony. Now, we're going to do that today. We're going to do it because it's connected to partnership. But more than that, for us, the water ceremony is connected to a small verse in the Gospel of John. So stand up with me, if you will. We're going to do this, and you guys are going to have to get into this. You're going to have to get into this for just a little bit. Let go of some inhibition. Get your palm fronds ready. And I want to show you something that happens in John chapter 7. So just, you guys kind of got it now. You know the walkthrough. So let's do this. You guys know when to get silent. You know what to do. So the people stand, and they come to the temple and you can imagine millions of people they said you could hear it for miles Bethlehem, seven miles away and people in Bethlehem that didn't get to go to the festival said you could hear the shouting on the day of the water ceremony incredible right and they would begin to shake their palm fronds asking for rain and then they would start to pray this prayer right so say it with me Hosanna, Hosanna. 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 great is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna, hosanna, great is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then and then nothing would come out. And you got to imagine now there's that anticipation, right? There's that hope and then the priest would leave and everybody would start shouting again and you need to imagine as we start shaking our palm fronds again, this you, your livelihood depends on water, right? If you don't get water, what happens? You die. First your animals, then you, then the next generation. Then the priest would come back. And in this particular moment that we're looking at today out of John 7, as everybody was yelling, and let's say it a couple more times, Hosanna, Hosanna, great is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, great is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The picture came up. And this is what took place.
1: Let anyone who is thirsty come to
0: me and drink. Whoever
1: believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow
0: from within them. Okay, y'all can have a seat. John 7, an incredible thing happens that Barry just read for us. As the people were yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna, and saying, we need water, scholars believe that according to the time that it had to happen, for Jesus to be heard with all that noise, it had to be a time when the priest raised the pitcher that this happened. John 7, 37 and 38. On the last and greatest day of the festival. What festival? Feast of tabernacles. Feast of booths. Jesus stood and said, and you can almost imagine him doing this, maybe kicking over a dove box, and he's in, the, he's in the court of the Gentiles, or maybe he's in the court of the temple proper, maybe he was, and he stands up, and he's waiting on this moment. Jesus is a rebel, y'all. This is awesome. And he stands up, and everybody gets quiet, and in that moment, he says, let anyone who needs water, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. That's awesome, isn't it? Golly, that's so good. Now, notice, though, what I want you to lean into with me today is notice what Jesus doesn't say or what we expect him to say he doesn't say. What I expect him to say in this moment is, whoever believes in me... Rivers of living water will come from me. It's what we expect. But what he says is about partnership. He says, instead, if you come to me, the living water, guess what will happen in your life? Living water will start to flow out of you. Why? Why does Jesus make this claim? Because God has never sought part timers, God has always looked for. Part nurse. Church family, what this teaching is, is a call for us to say, let's be living water to a dry and thirsty world. A world that's quenching their thirst on all kinds of entertainment and all kinds of distractions and all kinds of crazy philosophies. The message is still the same. Let's give them living water because life is not found in canadian wildcat sports And and life is not found in social media amen life is found in jesus and jesus wants to partner with you to turn you into a stream in the desert isn't that awesome With bows in hand, we go to Jesus and we go, we need you. And he goes, I'm going to put what I have in you. You're going to be a conduit of my living love and water and grace. And it can flow out. And that coworker or that church family member or that friend or that family member or that neighbor who is so desperate for something, you can give them a drink of life-changing water. It's beautiful. I love Jesus' style. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to commune together with that in mind. And so guys that are going to pass the communion, you guys can come on up, six guys up here and the the three or four that are in the back. And we're going to commune and then we'll do the invitation after we commune and after we give our offering as well. But I want to challenge you to do something today because I think part of this teaching that is important for us as we take bread and we take the cup, that this teaching is about us being people who realize I've been given something, right? We take bread and cup to remind ourselves what we've been given, right? We've been given the body and the blood of Jesus, and it's changed everything. But with that in mind, I want you during communion, and you can get up and you can move around if you'd like to, and we can even be a little noisy. I think that's okay. But either during the cup or the bread, and these guys will pay attention. They won't, they won't interrupt things, but they'll come back and they may pray while you're up and that's okay. But during the cup and the bread, if there's somebody in here that has been a living stream of water to you and you haven't gone to say thank you for blessing me, I think that's an appropriate thing to do. I think it's appropriate for us to go, man, you have been, you've been this to me. You've poured into my life. You have blessed me. You have brought me closer to Jesus. And we share in communion together because God is good to both of us. And so I want to encourage you to do that. I know that that's outside our comfort zone. But I think there's a lot of truth in in reminding ourselves that let's not wait till somebody moves or till they die to speak good truth into them. Right? Let's take family time to do that and communion is family time so i want to encourage you to do that these guys are going to pass this barry's going to lead us in a song as we do that and then i'll have an invitation after we take the offer after we take communion and the offering together so if y'all would pray with me lord and heavenly father thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be in this room and to worship you and And to join in the worship that's going on in heaven right now father we we thank you for jake and for his message and father let us just remember that the the representation of of your body and and what that means to us and and the fact that you gave all for us and that you had each and every one of us in mind when you gave it father Uh, let us go into this with open minds and open hearts and father we pray that. That we can take this in a, in a manner that's pleasing to you. And, and Father, we pray that, that you'll bless each and every one of us that's in here as we partake in this. It's in your Son's name. Amen. How
1: deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure. That he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of seeing loss. The father turns his face away as all. Which mark the chosen one. Bring me sons to glory. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, as we come before you again, Lord, just just thank you for all the blessings that you bestow upon us, Lord. And just thank you for your cup, Lord, that it what it
0: represents and what it means, Lord. And Lord, just as we take it, Lord, just let us reflect on you and and your body and and what you sacrificed for us, Lord, that we could live forever with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Behold the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear mocking voice call out among the scars. It was my sin that held you there. Auntie it was a calm place. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is fake i will not boast in anything no gifts no power no wisdom but i will boast in jesus christ his death and resurrection why should i gain from misery, reward. Oh, I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. Your wounds have paid our rent in some but this we know with all our hearts, your wounds have paid our rent and song.
0: You bow with me, please. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence here with us. Uh, Father, as we give uh, our offering. Father, we give our our best to you. Uh, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be a part of of what you're doing, uh, building your kingdom. Uh, Father, we give with uh, faith and we give with belief that that it's life-changing for someone. Father, we thank you for everything that you do everything that you're you're doing and will do. God, we love you and we thank you for Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you all for that. And thank you for y'all's heart. This church's family is such a loving place and a a great place. And I'm I'm glad we got to celebrate that together in that communion. Reminded of pointing everything to Jesus. But our relationship's that we share with in each other or because of Jesus. And so it's good to see people sharing and, and thanking each other. I want to finish with this. God has called us to partner with him. That's what makes us different. Not different, better. Not different. Look at me. Different. I've been changed. I've been redeemed have been forgiven by the blood of the Lamb. And difference flows from here. I love that God, it terrifies me, but I love that God says, I've only got one plan. I don't have plan B. Plan A is to partner with people to build the kingdom. It's terrifying, right? But yet, he believes in us. Our thing is to believe him. Not just believe in him, believe him. When he says, You will be my witnesses. So you may be going, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to be a stream of living water. Know this. First of all, relax. It's not your water. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> relax. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to reach out. It's not your water. It comes from the Lord. We're just going, that's all you're doing. You're just an importer and an exporter. That's all you are. That's all you are. And if you're also going, well, I don't even know where to start. Here's where to start. It's to start with Jesus' prayer. All right? To the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, the prayer we all know that we learn in sports, that we learn as we're little kids. But to center in on that prayer, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, because that prayer is the kingdom prayer. It's, may your will be done in my family, in my marriage, in the way I parent, in the way I go to school, in the way I interact at the middle school and the high school, in the way I act around the basketball team or the football team. May your will be done as if this locker room is a little piece of heaven. This house is a little piece of heaven. This office building is a little piece of heaven. I promise you, if you start just to pray that prayer, God, he's like, let's go. Because that's Jesus' prayer. May heaven invade earth. And so I want to encourage you with those two things. Don't get caught up in going, I don't know what to do. Just realize all you have to do is say, I got something from Jesus. That's it. And I'm going to pray that he makes that aware and alive. And my eyes are open to where I can share that. Because his will is being done here in this place as it is in heaven. So church family, we'll wrap it up and we're going to offer an invitation but the challenge is this is who do you need to bring a stream of water to? Who do you need to bring that water to? Who is in your life that you need to go, I got something, there's something here. Church, it is time. We are are we done with covid yet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are we done? Hosanna, right? Let's get back to work. Let's get after it. Let's get back into that partnership. Let's get back into moving in the Spirit and letting God use us. Do you know only six to 700 people in Canadian go to church every Sunday? That means there's about 2,400 people in this town that need to hear from us. That needs streams of living water. Who can we bring it to? May the Lord be with you. Let's all stand together. If you need anything. If you need to pray. If you are ready and say, you know what? Jake had to pull that water out of somewhere. The baptistry must be full. If you're ready to say, you know what? I want the stream of living water. I don't have it yet. We do that through baptism. It's where we interact with the blood of Jesus in faith. And we say, this isn't our work. It's the work of the Lord. And in faith we're given. We're going all in. I'm giving up my kingdom for Jesus' kingdom. That's what baptistry is. I'm laying it down. That's what our baptisms are. And if you need that today, we're here for you. Let's, Let's sing together with Barry.